But you cannot have the space baby. Transmission incoming. Transmission incoming. Well, well, to the Potable Episode 0047, Do the Hustle. You've entered the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. I'm your host, Kevin McRae, and I'm here to tell you that this podcast may contain mature content. In this episode, we have the return of the Comic-Con crew. Yes, it's been a while, but they are back. We will find them in the canteen a bit later. We will also be going over some news with Heathen, taking in a preview drinking some bourbon in Cocktail Corner, and we'll be playing another movie title game with a twist this time. Later on in feature presentation, we'll be taking the classic 1961 film The Hustler and jumping all over that baby. Let's go head in to our VIP booth in the back of the cantina and get today's show started. Sitting across from me, it's the head organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. She's wearing a bright red shirt and pink headphones. Her name is Heathen. Hello. Sitting next to Heathen, I've talked about her a couple times before. She teaches ghosts to read, and she has a cat. Her name is Wishing Wells. Hi, my voice is better. She no longer sounds like a sexy old man. (laughs) I mean, I can. Sitting next to Wishing Whales, it is the return of Hoo-Ha. He can tell you everything about wild fish in the greater uh, area. (laughs) (laughs) He may do some of his uh, famous wild fish sounds later on for our game. Also, as usual, even though he was finishing off his own personal business last week, it is the return of beer manufacturer Matt. Greetings. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to see everybody again. It's been a while. We almost had, because this is a Netflix edition. Oh, by the way, uh, if you haven't watched the 1961 classic film, The Hustler, turn this podcast off now. Go on to Netflix (laughs) or be like Adam and pay money for it. And uh, come back and join us later because we're going to be talking a lot about Hustler. Uh, Spoiler alert, Paul Newman is in it. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. He was very handsome. He was very handsome. Now I know why they said that about him. But he's very handsome? Yeah, I, I didn't know him anything oh. other than from rest. You know, he always reminded me of um, Richard Dreyfus, but Richard Dreyfus is so much more dumpy looking. <laughs> I think it's because they both had like white hair and mustaches. I get the dressing thing now. Yeah. It took me about five minutes, but I, yeah. I understand. <laughs> we will be ranking dressings later, <laughs> by the way. Paul Newman, get it? Because <laughs> Paul Newman. Newman's own. Um, ranch dressing. Mm, okay. Newman's own special. We do have a secret word today. Not dressing. Don't they have popcorn? 
They have uh, pasta and they have skillet mixes. He then, would you like to do some news? If I have to. Where is your sipping beer? I brought them. Begin the news now, please. (laughs) I do what I want. I know, really? (laughs) Um, Let's see. Some interesting beer news is that they're going to start allowing you, well, in Des Moines, Iowa, anyway. Mm -hmm. You can fill up your growlers at the gas station. It's very interesting. I wonder Um, if they do. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say they're offering um, 64-ounce growlers, and Mm. you can fill them up. That's like a big gulp. Kind of. It's better than a big gulp. Mm -hmm. It's got beer. And um, some brewers are skeptical because they're worried about uh, dirty lines or an unwashed growler could taint the beer. So they don't really have that control factor. Well, they sort of do. It's usually a lot of the times the distributors, uh, at least in Sacramento or California, that's the, they're kind of the job to clean the lines a lot of the time. But this is Iowa. That is true. Bunch of potato eaters. Creeps. <laughs> so everybody's down for the growler filling stations at the gas station. Well, the thing is, even here in Reno, um, some of the gas stations are trying to get into the uh, craft beer and wine business and even like food. Which is kind of weird. There, I, I saw on Craigslist when I was looking for jobs that there was that was a position. They wanted a craft beer like guy to work at a gas station, hmm. and it's sort of like a food server craft beer guy. Weird. I was in Iowa last uh, last year in February, and they have like those big, really big like you could go in there and like they have like a water park and like an arcade and stuff like gas stations. And right? the so is I said potatoes. I was. The come and go gas station, the grab and rob. Um, it really is a come and go. Yeah. Grab and rum. <laughs> There's a. I said. I said a potato earlier because I thought you said Idaho. What is Iowa known for besides um, desolation? Republicans. Okay. Corn. 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 Okay. What's the uh, What's the state motto of Iowa? Wish I was somewhere else. <laughs> you you ain't to coming give Iowa back. A try. From the music man. Ought to give Iowa a try. Ought to give it a try. I can sing you the whole song sometime. If you don't like it today, try it tomorrow and then. (laughs) Yeah, I like the idea of filling up growlers at the gas station. I like the idea of, you know, just sticking a straw in a 64 ouncer and heading out on the highway. (laughs) Especially if you have a big rig. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of like the drive-through liquor source in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, well, they have them in uh, New Orleans too, and you can get like a big gulp, um, and it's legal as long as you don't put your straw in it. Yeah, they have them in uh, <laughs> San Jose too. San Jose? Mm-hmm. That don't make no sense. They do. San Jose, They're Mexico. Like the real, no, California. The like real ghetto air. Okay, anyway, they were just talking about it. <laughs> Whatever. I'll have to go there. Fast and the Furious Seven. Uh, Tyler. <laughs> Thailand is uh, giving them some legal issues because of the Tony Jaw guy. Tony Jaw, he's awesome. Is he in Fast and Furious 7? Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the, one of the film companies in Thailand has uh, him in contract, and they're suing for a breach of contract. Hmm. And so it's probably going to delay release of the movie in Thailand until at least June, and they're seeking $49 million. Shoot. I already put a whole spiel on the movie book page about the Fast and Furious 7, how that franchise has sold it, sold to the devil. I don't understand it. I don't have friends. I got family. 
Yeah. I was trying to think of that line because, uh, anyway, I was. It's good that there's somebody smart on the podcast now. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> huh? Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I'm like the little Jewish boy on Saturday Night Live. I'm just not going to answer you. <laughs> Next. Uh, Matthew McConaughey signed up to star in the movie The Billionaire's Vinegar. Mm. It's a movie That's some good about um, a guy who bought. Hugh Hefner's well, it's ball a true, sweat. It's a true story. <laughs> a guy bought five hundred thousand dollars worth of wine, thinking that it was owned by Thomas Jefferson. Mm. And then the was George the soci- Jefferson. <laughs> no, no, it's not wheezy. Okay, you're not going to trip me up this time. Um, what was I saying? No, I'm kidding. The movie I'm kidding. he thought he bought I'm Thomas kidding. Jefferson's ball I'm sweat. Kidding. Ball sweat, yeah. For Is this based on a true 000? story? You said? Yeah. Okay. Um, but the uh, committee that authenticates everything from the Thomas Jefferson era said that that wasn't actually his wine. So the dude spent like a million dollars of his own money to hire private investigators and do his own research, and then he actually ended up suing. The guy that sold him the wine. Does Matthew McConaughey play Thomas Jefferson in this film? I don't think so. Did he I buy think... wine before it was cool? He just liked it? I'm pretty sure it wasn't kept well, so it can't taste good. That's for well, sure. Well, I mean, it, wine wouldn't last that long anyway. His name no is what. Bill Coach. I mean, that's why they call it Billionaire's Vinegar. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand the title. Really? <laughs> Are you sure? Should we go over it one more time? No. <laughs> and Newman's that's, own. That's my news other than my husband dumped his girlfriend, so I'm really happy about that. Okay. Coming this fall from the producers of Fried Green Tomatoes and the director of Cast Away comes Shit Factory. Okay, so here is our preview of the new Bond flick Spectre, I think it's called. Columbia. Oh, I like the preview already. Did she say what the Chinese is this? Personal effects they recovered from Skyfall. Skyfall. That was the other movie. You've got a secret. Something you can't tell anyone. You're missing your face in this photo. Because you don't trust anyone. Where's Judy Dench? That's all I want to know. Oh, that's right. She blew up, huh? <gasps> she did? Didn't she? I always knew. And my six was taken out, right? Familiar face. But what's yours? <laughs> He's joining the Night Watch. So, M- so right, MI6 doesn't exist anymore, anymore, right? I don't remember. It's been so long. It wasn't MI6. Oh, he's got the ring. I was just going to say that. You are a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. That's dangerous. To rule them all. <laughs> One Bond to rule Welcome them all. <laughs> oh, there's all of them. It's been a long time. What a nice convention center. And finally, here we are. Uh-oh. Uh, don't Some... break the glass, don't break the glass. Coming soon. Experience it in IMAX. 
I couldn't really see who was the who was the bad guy. Was it anyone we know? Is it the guy from Star Wars Seven? Oh, I did hear that uh, we're getting uh, we're going we're going old school for one of the Bond girls. It's uh, Monica Bellucci, right? It's going to be in this one. It was one of the Bond girls? I don't know if she was in that. Preview. Who is that? Monica Bellucci. She's was in a lot of foreign movies, but in some other American movies too. She's probably in her almost I would say fifties now. Ooh. She's hot still. Silver Fox. Beermaker Matt, can you turn on the lights again now? So I can read my notes. <laughs> I can't see anything. Heathen, you're awfully quiet. What did you think of that preview? Hmm. Hmm. Didn't do it for you? Does Daniel Craig not do it's it for not you? It's my favorite segment. It seemed like a teaser more than an actual... It did say teaser number one. Well, so it was very teasing. <laughs> I feel very teased. I've seen bigger teasers. I have been bullied. Check out the teasers on her. All right. <laughs> I would like. <laughs> that is really how she laughs. Who? Wishing. Oh, wishing wells. Ah, it's my liquid courage. Well, oh, what's gonna happen? <laughs> she's gonna come clean about what she's been doing in the basement. Let's talk about my cat. <laughs> oh. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well said. <laughs> what did you think about it, Hua? Um, should have been called sphincter instead of sphincter. <laughs> so that would be the non-porn. Did, it could be the porn parody. If you couldn't it. hear, uh, Hua said sphincter, and I think that's because it didn't sound particularly excited about the preview. No. Well, it's good that I'm not the only one. He just crossed his arms. I wasn't, um, yeah. it didn't really get me either. Like, um, I'm looking forward to some good action movies this year. Uh, uh, Fast 7, notwithstanding. But there is, there is uh, yeah, there's Avengers and there's the Mission Impossible, which I think that preview is out too. Maybe that's the one I was, maybe that's the one I should have played. I'm looking forward to the segment being over. Next. <laughs> well, more fan mail for you. <laughs> When's Heather's segment going to be over permanently? <laughs> vote I, now. Uh, vote now, everybody. <laughs> Press nine now to vote Heather off the podcast. It's like Survivor. We are going to head into Cocktail Corner. I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting yeah. stinking on something I stir or shake. Have a drink! So this week in Cocktail Corner, we're going to be talking about bourbon. Uh, Fast Eddie's drink of choice in the film was JTS Brown. Do you guys remember how he ordered it in the film? No ice. No glass. Yeah, no ice, no glass. That's a perfect way to order it, I think, yeah. Um, I did look up this JTS uh, Brown. It is a real uh, bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery. They actually help with hypnotic and some other... Oh, and like the really shitty uh, whiskey that's like a well whiskey, Terrence Williams or something. I don't think they make this bourbon anymore. Um, and then I think the last time Hua was on here, we talked... To, I think it was Hua that we talked a little about, about bourbon as he asked where it was from and it has to, has to be made in, in Kentucky. Um, it actually doesn't have to be made in bourbon. There actually is no distilleries in Bourbon County any, anymore because... Um, the county's been realigned, so all the distillers are out of Bourbon County. And at that time, I'd also mentioned that it needs to be made with uh, primarily corn, although I couldn't re- remember the percentage. Anyway, here we go. Let's talk about some bourbon. 
Be careful of the... Um, you want to hold it by the bottom. So bourbon's legal definition actually varies from country to country. But for here, the U.S. regulation for labeling and advertising bourbon applies only to products that are made for consumption here. So if they export shit out of state, they can call anything bourbon. But if it's going to be made here, um, there's specific rules for what bourbon can be called. And I think Canada's pretty cool because they uh, define bourbon based on how U.S. defines bourbon. Um, in other countries, they can call, again, bourbon whatever they want. Uh, but here's what the federal standards of identity for distilled spirit states that bourbon legally, uh, this is what it must be. It has to be produced in the United States. It must be made from a grain mixture that is at least 51% corn. It has to be aged in new charred oak barrels. It is distilled in uh, no more than 160 proof. Entered into the barrel for aging at no more than 125 proof. And it is bottled at 80 proof or more. Bourbon has no minimum specified duration for its aging period. Products age for as little as three months are sold as bourbon. The exception for which what we're drinking is straight bourbon. Straight bourbon has a minimum aging requirement of two years. Um, any bourbon aged less than four years must state the age of the spirit on the bottle. Bourbon that does not meet the above requirements um, has been aged for a minimum of two years and does not have added coloring, flavoring, or other spirits may be called straight bourbon. So, we're drinking the good stuff. Um, anything anyone wants to drink to? My new tattoo. All right. Fucking Friday. Whoops. Cheers. I'm not cheering. Clink. Clink. Table. Oh, yeah. We'll just do the table. Yeah. Hmm. Not bad. So, I'm just, I'm just sipping my bourbon. Anyone have any bourbon stories? My grandmother likes bourbon, or liked bourbon. She would always say, I need a bourbon on the rocks. Mm, this is lovely. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Delicious. It's not bad for, for, for a drink. It's belly warming, for sure. Yeah. I, don't, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the difference between... <laughs> it's not a yes or no question. What's the difference between bourbon and whiskey? Just what I said. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> She was nodding. Uh, whiskey can be many things, uh, but bourbon has to be at least 51% uh, made of corn, where whiskey can be made of other grains. So it's like technically like more pure? It's just a different kind, and just like um, scotch. This is way milder than a lot of the whiskeys I've had. It mm. has to be from the U.S., too. Yeah, it has to be from the U.S. Oh, I see. You should, um, try, you should try some of the whiskeys we have up there. It has to do with whiskey. the distil- distillation process, too. So like, um, like Irish whiskey has to be distilled through like a peat moss. Scotch has its own kind of thing going oh, on. Okay. Um, Canadian had, whiskey like, is usually a, a blend of whiskeys. Because I've seen, I've had like Glenfiddich. That's the, the only whiskey I've had. It's like, whoa. And then that's is, actually Scotch, I think. Yeah, much, yeah it is. This is much milder. Yeah, this isn't bad. I've never had this before. We're drinking um, Winchester Straight Bourbon Whiskey, small batch, ninety proof. Is aren't those? Oh, those are the brothers from uh, Supernatural. Are they? Dean Winchester yep. and. It, his brother, that's not his second. This is from North Charleston, South Carolina. Dean South and Sam. Ca- South Carolina. So, um, and it says here, aged at least two years, just like we learned about. Now yeah, you know I was all. looking for it. <laughs> it's the first thing I went looking for. He's pointing to the QR code. The age. First thing I check is her age. And she's over, <laughs> she's at least two years. You check her QR code <laughs> You check our polls. Legal age. Well, that's not a requirement. Now, what is the law on that if she's underage but she's dead? 
Necrophilia. Like you can't really ask permission. <laughs> and oh. yeah. Lack of you stop aging at a certain point of death, too. Sounds right up your alley. What was, it? What was the question they used to ask when we went camping? Would you rather fuck a dog or a dead woman? Something I don't like remember anybody dog? ever asking me that I while I was camping. I have some sexy dogs. You have some really <laughs> weird sex. <laughs> hey, Doug. All right. <laughs> on to the movie? <laughs> no! On to <laughs> the, the game. game. <gasps> Shall we play a game? Heathen, what animal sound would you like to use as your call-in? A fish. Okay, how does that sound? <laughs> it's going to be really hard to hear you over other people. Well, you better listen. Okay. No. Uh... I'll come back to you. Wishing Wheels, what's going to be your animal sound? I would like a quail. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> Chicago! Okay. <laughs> Hooah! What animal sound would you like to use? A dog. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So original. <laughs> Bearmaker Matt. Thank you. Uh, What's your animal sound going to be? A, a gay cow. Okay, let's hear it. Moo. <laughs> okay, Heathen, do you got one? Oh, Nothing dear. like that. Okay. Um, a horse? Okay, let's hear it. Nay. All right. She's going to say no to everything. So... Hey. This hey. game this week is going to be similar to the last couple of games we've no. played. Hey, please pay attention. <laughs> the last couple of weeks we've been playing a movie title game. We're putting a twist on it this week. So I'm going to read you the description of a movie. Originally, this movie had the word un in it. I should preface that this film or this movie, <laughs> this game was supposed to be used for the Unfinished <laughs> Business podcast, but we could not play it with just Heather. <laughs> So uh, we've we've booted the game down to this week. So all of these movies originally were movies that had the word un in it. However, I'm going to describe you sort of the opposite of that movie, and you're going to tell me the name of the movie taking the word un out. I got this. So here's the example. In this film starring Dave Franco, Vince Vaughn, and Tom Wilkinson, the trio take a trip to Europe where things go off without a hitch, and it is another typical successful day in making a deal. Chicago! Yes. Yes. <laughs> Finished business. Yes, that would be correct for one point. <laughs> if we were playing. That's a sample question. Oh, come on. So here are our six questions. Question one. Clint Eastwood plays William Money. Forgiven. Forgiven is correct. Oh. Clint Eastwood plays William Money. When some cowboys cut up a local hooker, Money says that's okay and goes back to farming. I don't think that was it's, a gay cow. It's Lady of the Night, not hooker. Thank you. Okay, question two. Bruce Willis stars in this movie, but his role doesn't last long. <laughs> yes. Uh, unbeatable? That no. is incorrect on both counts. Uncorrect. Uncorrect. Unbreak. Unbreakable. Anyone else want to ring in? <laughs> Nay. Okay. Unbreakable. That is incorrect. Oh, I thought it was breakable. Chicago! Yes. Oh, breakable. Right. breakable is correct. <laughs> Bruce Willis stars in this movie, but his role doesn't last long as he's the only one to die in a train crash with 131 other passengers walking away unscathed. Dang. Number three. As his kingdom is being threatened by the Turks, young Prince Vlad must become a monster feared by his own people in order to obtain the power needed to protect his own family and the families of his kingdom. That's the story everyone knows. I just watched this, too. (laughs) That's not the answer. (laughs) What is un Macbeth? I was going to say un-Aladdin. Three, two, one. The answer is Dracula told. Oh. Oh. (laughs) 
number four. I've never heard of that. <laughs> Dracula Untold? Yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. Oh, number <laughs> number four. This this anticlimactic movie stars Chris Pine and Denzel Washington. In the first ten minutes, they easily slow a freight train to a halt, and then spend the rest of the movie talking about marriage. What? Um. <laughs> yes. Stoppable. Stoppable uh, is correct. Oh, I was gonna say, don't throw Mama from a train. <laughs> I was gonna say, unspeed. Okay, number five. <laughs> In this film, Kevin Costner forms a rather inept team. <laughs> yes. Touchables. T- uh, oh! Full answer. What is it? Touchables. The full answer? Untouchables. <laughs> Untouchable. Touchable. <laughs> Anyone else yeah. want to give it a try? Can I, yeah. ask, can I ask a clarification? The Touchables. No. The Touchables is correct. <laughs> I was going to ask a clarification question. Nope. In this film, Kevin Costner forms a rather net team so to take down me. Al Capone. The team is given a nickname by the local press. This is also the title of the movie. Elliot Ness faces to the crime scene. Final question. This could be anyone's game. This Angelina-directed film is about a former... Shut up! Uh, heard quail, I think. Thank you. Yeah. No. What's the answer? Uh, breakable. No. Oh, yes. Oh, broken. Broken. Oh, crap! Son of a bitch! <laughs> Literally, he's a dog. This Angelina-directed film is about a former Olympic athlete that is captured by the Japanese Navy and quickly becomes their whiny little bitch, drastically draining morale from the oh, other POWs. God damn it! So was that a tie? I got one. I got two. Oh, got two. so who? Oh, so They're it was a tie. Tied. Me. I'm a big fat goose egg. I won. <laughs> I don't have a tiebreaker question. I thought you were uh... Rochambeau. Um, no, because there's <laughs> there's other uns. Ah, uh, fuck. Because I just. Oh. What is the movie? Okay. <laughs> this isn't a movie. Ah, fuck it. Because there's a lot of them that have un in it, but they're like under. So I was trying to think of like uh, like under siege. So the answer would be der siege. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so that would der be like siege. rescues above. Yeah, or rescue, just der rescue is rescue is above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, I like it. we'll figure out a tiebreaker <laughs> later, or we'll both you both can't get rescue started. Is up above. Heathen, <sighs> think of a better tiebreaker question than that. I said Rochambeau when they were going to do it. Okay, fine. Fucking Rochambeau. It's weak ass shit. Okay, are you going to... Rochambeau, you going to one, one, two, two three. three. Shoot or no, one, one, two, two. shoot? One, two, three, shoot. You can call it out, Wishing Wells. I said it the other can way. Can you count it out? Okay, so we're going to one, two, three, shoot. Yeah. Okay, ready? Here we go. One, two, three, shoot. Paper. Ah. Again. One, two, three, shoot. Ah. Oh... Just the one. It was a tiebreaker. One of one, one, yo. So the guests are really doing well. A lot of that was thanks to um, (laughs) the guests. The guests. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I have five stars. Don't I get a prize? I think there's more than five stars. How many do the guests have up there, Heathen? I I know I'm I'm better than to ask you, but I think. What a dick! There's seven. Seven. I have five, so like, don't I get? How do you get five? Like yeah, because she's on the cool. guest. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but who just? But uh, who had just won that one? We'll give him a prize before Yay. he leaves. If we remember. Yeah, there's a couple different winner. prizes. Yeah, we'll we'll select off the shelf later. Let's head into feature presentation.
Feature So typically, every week in feature presentation, we take a film that we saw with the Sierra Nevada Movie Club, and we use that as a jumping-off point for topics of conversation. However, if you've tuned into any of our Netflix episodes, we take a specific movie and we deep dive the movie specifically. This week, we saw the movie The Hustler from 1951, starring Jackie Gleason and the handsome and dashing Paul Newman. Any questions? Questions? Yeah. I'm not seeing any questions. I have a question. Go ahead. Before we start talking about this movie, Mm -hmm. can I hit that baby? Yeah, we can punch a baby. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm trying to turn my notes. Dink. Peter Dinklage. Okay, let me tell you a little bit what I discovered about this movie. <laughs> so all the pull shots in the movie are performed by the actors themselves, except for one. The Massé shot, uh, performed by Willie Mascani. Paul Newman had never held a pull cue in his life before landing the role of Fast Eddie. Uh, he took out the dining room table from his home and installed a pool table so he could spend every waking hour practicing and polishing up his skills. Speaking of Moscone, when Fast Eddie prepares for his first matchup against Minnesota Fats, his manager sits down in front of a poster de- despict- depicting Willie Moscone. Uh, Moscone's a four t- 14-time world champion in billiards. About 10 minutes later, uh, Moscone himself makes a cameo as the guy who holds on to the bet money. His character is also named Willie. Uh, this movie, um, The Hustler, is one of the first mainstream Hollywood films to use the word bastard. Piper Laurie, who I didn't recognize in this film. I recognized the name, but I had no idea who she was. Now I totally do. She didn't make another film for the next 15 years, devoting the time uh, to marriage and raising her only daughter. She returned to the screen in 1976 as Carrie White's mother, earning her her second Oscar nomination. Uh, Jake LaMotta, who uh, he plays a bartender in this movie. He is um, the boxer that is portrayed in Raging Bull by Robert De Niro. George C. Scott, you might know him from... Um, from uh, My how- Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, I was going to say How I Stopped to Learn Worrying and Love the Bomb. Hogan's Heroes. Oh, Patton. I love him. He just got schooled. Patton. Uh, he refused his Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor for this category because he didn't believe in actors competing against each other unless they were playing the exact same role. Yes, he did. He lost Best Supporting Actor to George <clears throat> Chalkins in West Side Story, and that really just pretty much ended um, George C. Scott and the Oscars love affair <laughs> already there. Um, Who did the guy play in West Side Story? I don't know. It's ultimately led Scott uh, to rejecting the Oscar he won in 1970's performance in Patton, so he didn't accept it when he won it. Uh, This film, coincidentally enough, as we're doing our sports movie rankings right now, uh, this film is ranked number six on the AFI uh, Institute's list of the 10 greatest sports films of all time. And that's all I have to say about this film. Wait, they're considering pool a sport? It is. It is a sport. So let's go through the movie and you tell me who we're talking about. So the movie begins where we they kind of introduce them as a hustler. So Paul Newman enters a bar, um, basically does the hustle thing of losing a bunch of games, then decides to bet for more money. And he's with his buddy, um, his partner, Charlie. And um, gets really drunk. Gets really, well. No. That's not the opening one. The opening one, he doesn't get that drunk. 
Well, he does. He pretends to. Yeah, yeah. He at least pretends to, because that's part of the that's part of the hustle, right? And uh, they they do the whole hustle, and you know what's going to happen because Charlie says, "I'll wait for you out in the car," and you know that Newman's going to run the table, and then that's how we find out he's a hustler, and um, so so then they head into where are they heading to? Is it Pittsburgh or Chicago? Is it Chicago? Okay. This whole film was filmed in New York, but they were um, they were going to Chicago. And the goal, I don't know if he was actively seeking out Minnesota Fats, but I think he was, right? Yeah, he yeah, was, because Minnesota Fats said, he, I heard about you. Yeah. You were looking for me. So he goes, and um, and basically he, he finds out where Fats hangs out, and the guy says he comes in here every day at 8. And um, But also Newman has his goal to win 10000 bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he says he's going to do. How do I find him? Oh, he'll find you. Yeah. <laughs> so they have this epic pool match that lasts 25 hours, which I can't imagine doing anything for 25 hours. And it goes back and forth. Uh, Fast Eddie loses at first. And then he kind of comes from behind. And then Minnesota Fats takes like a break and gets all pretty again and comes out and he's ready to go. And then uh, Fast Eddie just gets sloppy drunk. And, and he and I were kind of thinking, is he just doing like the fake drunk thing again? But he can't be because there's still like an hour and 40 minutes left in the movie. So, no, he just passes out on the floor and loses everything. He's just exhausted. Because he was like 11 grand up for a while. Yeah. 18. 18 is what he was. 18? He was up by 18 grand when he started losing. Oh, it was like 13 But then he wouldn't call it because Minnesota Fats said that it wasn't It's not over until Minnesota Fats says the game is over. I had an issue with um, him hustling in the first scene because I, like, there was not a lot of time for us to develop some kind of you know, feeling for this guy. And so, like, when things started really going bad for him, it was just like, well, you deserve that, you little shit. Well, I think that you need, I mean, I think they, they kind of needed to do, because it does take a long time to, for him to get to the part where you start rooting for him, sort of. Actually, I was rooting for him a lot of the time. He then was rooting for the girl, and I was rooting for him, because, like, I thought she was annoying and but an angry. And I didn't like her. Yeah, I want to mention. Uh, I think they were both. Uh, Eugene was going to be on the on the podcast uh, tonight, and I asked him. Um, I said, uh, "I said, did you have time to watch the movie?" He said, "Yeah, I liked when Eddie smacked the taste out of Sarah when she got lippy." <laughs> and I said, "Yep, I said the same thing." <laughs> I started rooting for both of them at the same time because I thought they were both in a very difficult place, and then I only started rooting for them when his thumbs were broken, and they kind of took this. Finally, this humble approach to each other mm-hmm. where she was taking care of him mm-hmm. and he was accepting her care without slapping her. Yeah, but what led a, left a bad taste in my mouth was when she showed up to the train station when he was going to go and do the next tournament. Well, let's back up a little bit in the okay. film a little bit. So so uh, Newman, he, or sorry, Fast Eddie, played by Paul Newman, he, he loses to uh, Minnesota Fats. He sneaks into his partner, kind of manager, uh, takes some money, and then he basically go lives, lives in the bus station for a while. And that's when he meets meets the, what's her name, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Who just hangs out at the bus station for fun, mm-hmm. basically, I guess. Oh, I guess because no, she she's waiting for the bars to open. And she picks up guys. That comes up later. Yeah, because she, does, she does say that she's kind of a slut and that she mm-hmm. pretends they never existed, which is a good excuse for not being a slut. Um, <laughs> but and a that, great place to pick people up. But doesn't she also say, though, that bars open at eight, so she has like she time has to kill? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty She cool. also goes to college two days a week. 
Yeah, she does say that, which later doesn't she say that she owned. Oh, she used to be an actress and that she uh, she got uh, injured in a car accident. She's all full of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, broken, a broken creature, just like uh, Fast Eddie will become. So they, they get together and they have what she refers to as, uh, I thought it was an interesting thing, um, a contract of depravity. All they have to do is pull the blind down. So basically, they don't really have what um, she considers anyway, with anyway, a real relationship. He just has like a place to live and a and a vagina to park his dick in, and she has a warm body to sleep next to and someone to buy her booze. That was my and a warm dick to put in her vagina. Let's not forget <laughs> the women's sex drive, please. That's true. Um, so that was kind of the beginning. So then, you do you want to go into what you're saying, Heathen? What what happens from there? Have we got to your point yet, or? Um. Yeah. Well, uh, wishing was talking about the um, breaking of the thumbs because he went out to hustle and they broke his thumbs. So actually, a little bit before that, he he goes and he meets this George C. Scott character who we've, who we've uh, been introduced to earlier. He's this gambler. He offers Fast Eddie. He says, um, I'll back you, uh, but I'm going to take 25 or 75% of your cut. And Fast Eddie says, I'm not doing that shit. I can go hustle on my own and make up the three grand I need to, to compete against uh, Minnesota Fats. So he goes to hustle, and then what happens, Ethan? They break his thumbs. Yeah, so he hustles another pull shark. And, and what, what kind of does it, I think, is not that he just hustles them. But he humiliates them. Mm-hmm. Like he does have this uh, all through the movie. Fassetti has this thing with not just beating someone, and I don't think it's just him. It's a lot of there's like a lot of this movie has to do with winning and losing, and the hum- the humiliation of being a loser, and like the gloating of being a winner. And the male ego. Yeah. Well, the Bert the Gambler talks all the, the whole movie about character. Yeah. And Paul Newman shows his bad character when he not only beats the guy he. Purposely humiliates him mm-hmm. and degrades him. I think Charlie played a good role in that in the beginning because he leaves halfway through, which is kind of like the beginning point of him kind of turning into this Monster. twisted character. Yeah. And Charlie was kind of like his neutral position from then before. But it kind of kept him. Or maybe his going. conscience. And Minnesota Flats in the beginning, very humble, very polite, doesn't talk trash to the to Paul Newman's character. But either. also Jackie Gleason. <laughs> is Jackie Gleason. So he's kind of got this, like, even though he was very polite and very quiet and very mm-hmm. demure, I guess you could say, it was still like, this is Jackie Gleason. He's, mm, he's got, some, he's got some nasty to him. Yeah, he's got, like, some menace to him almost a little bit. Mm-hmm. His girth alone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> at, least, at least his friends, the people he's associated with, have some you know what I and I don't I don't think this actually happened, but I was thinking in the movie when he got his thumbs broken, I was almost thinking it was the gambler guy that, that like told the thugs to do that. I think that comes it was like, Well yeah, when he that. said you'll get your thumbs broken again, yeah. I kind yeah, of so, thought that he had done it in the first place. Because, because of that comment. And it makes more yeah. sense because of that last scene that he maybe did do it earlier because he was a guy who's like you either he, sort of like Paul or Fast Eddie anyway, it's like you either you either do it for me. You either give me what I want or I, I break you. I'll like there's you. there's no it's again it's like him you you destroying someone. Well, because it wasn't for him. It wasn't about the money. He said it. Yeah. It, it was about the thrill. So mm-hmm. if somebody like that turns him down, he doesn't care about the money. 
Well, and he warned him as he was leaving. He's like, uh, yeah, just be careful of those people out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what were you going to say about the train station scene then? So his thumbs are broken, and what happens? Uh, Well, no, that was after they were repaired, and he was going to go and do the tournament in Kentucky. Okay, so again, I, I want to go back gonna leave. a little bit. We're never going to get Well, it's interesting because... <laughs> um, I think that uh, so so he's broken, and this is where I think that there's kind of a, a force metaphor a little bit. Is you have to be broken to be mended. So he goes out on this picnic with Sarah, and it legit, legitimately seems like he's kind of trying a little bit. But she says "I love you," and then it just kind of cuts away, like he never says anything. And then he uh, he then didn't like the scene, and then he takes her to dinner to tell her that he's going to be leaving town. And that's where I was on his side. I was like, well, he's trying to do the right thing. Like, he's trying to... Um, I have both the girls shaking their heads at me. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't, that's not what happened. Try again. He, uh, when she says, I love you, Paul Newman says, do you need to hear the words? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't do and it. And then she says something yes. along the line of, yes. She says yes. Yes, and if you tell them to me, I'll never let you forget it. I'll never let you take it back. Take and, it back. and then it just cuts away. I know he doesn't say it. So he doesn't admit that he loves her too or not. Yeah. So what do you, what was the dinner scene about then if he wasn't trying to do the right thing? You both had your head shaking at me. I don't all I was trying to say to you was um she even said in the movie I've never seen you dressed up this way. Mm-hmm. We're having this nice dinner and he's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm leaving." That's all I was trying to say was that's not when you take somebody out to dinner for the first time. Well, just it's to deliver bad news. But but just because no, see, I not. took it a different I took it a different way. Just because she hadn't seen him that way, that's also could be showing that he's starting to change because having his hands broken really humbled him. If he was really starting to change, he wouldn't have sold her out. But he was starting to change because he decided that it was worth it for the money. You know, that's when, after he got his hands broken, he, he decided that's when he said, uh, you know, twenty five or twenty five percent of ten grand or whatever is better than seventy five percent or hundred percent of nothing. But if you're willing to sacrifice what you have and what you're trying to keep, it just like doesn't make any sense. Well, that comes a little bit later on when he does sort of fail and he realizes it. I mean, he realizes that he fucked up. So they go on the train. So what happens on the train, Heathen? All of them. So it's the gambler. What's the gambler's name? Hoo-ha? Bert. So it's Bert, Fast Eddie, and Sarah. They're on the train. Oh, Bert. Well, to me, it seemed like they were both uh, Bert and Sarah mm-hmm. were both uh, competing with each other to kind of own. Yeah, I like him. that part. Yeah. Although it really seemed like she was losing, so that kind of sucked. But I did like the kind of the idea that they were fighting over him. I thought that was an interesting. Um, he made it more obvious. Bert was definitely there. Uh, what kind of sucked about it is Bert was in it just for the sake of winning, where Sarah actually had stakes in it. It kind of reminds me of like the question that a lot of oh hi kitty. <laughs> it reminds me of the question that a lot of men ask women um, during like job interviews like family and job at the same time can you do it and uh, a lot of people think it's like a no go so it's kind of interesting it's like is it your actual life is it your love life is it the possibility of having happiness or is it success that you choose instead and it's like it was never a question of having both it was always one or the other in, in the movie or, or what? In the movie. 
Yeah, I mean, at least for Fast Eddie, that was his thing, is his whole drive, and that's why I was writing the beginning, like, it was almost like his 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 white whale or anything, like, he had, it was, it, it, it was, he was almost like Bert the Gambler, where it was just, it wasn't about the money, he needed to be the best, he needed so badly to prove that he was the best, and he, he repeatedly brought up that he was the best, and it was kind of his hubris that got in the way, although, um... Bert does bring, I think it's Bert that brings it up, um, talking about why he lost it. He had an excuse for losing, but people also have excuses for, have to make excuses for winning. And that gets in people's heads as well. So they go to Kentucky to the Derby and they go to this, um, this dandy guy, meet up with this dandy guy and, uh, play a game. Apparently it's, uh, called, um, I looked it Billiards. up. Well, it was called, uh, pocket. Uh, uh, Pocket pool? No, it's like it's 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 not ricochet billiards, but it's something like that. It's um no, it's like it's like bounce billiards or something. Um, and then I notice I like they do the fingertip shake. Did you notice they do the fingertip shake? Yeah. Uh, and this is where the real dirty starts to happen, right? So, um, fast Eddie. Is just losing and losing and losing, and George, what's his name? C. Scott. Yeah, what's Bert. his Bert. So Bert, Bert keeps asking him because Bert's bankrolling him. Have you, have you ever played this before? Have you ever played this before? Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, and he's like, yeah, no, I, it doesn't matter. I can win. And then Sarah comes in. Well, earlier, right? Um, Sarah's just standing, hanging out, drinking martini after martini yeah. like it's water, like a. Uh, I that thought was it was champagne. Sick. No, mm-hmm. those was it champagne? Um, did you see the glass? Martinis, yeah, like this. Oh. Well, then she can't really hold her liquor. I thought it was martinis because she only drank three. She had, but not really though, because but she, she had down. been drinking earlier in the day. Yeah, she came down already because you like you see the jazz band and she's like, <laughs> I didn't even know there was a jazz band here. I thought the music. Well, was she just also, stairs. Well, Where did they also, come from? She also had she also had the the limp though too, so it's kind of hard to tell all the time. She had the pimp walk. Um, but she walks over to uh, Bert and Bert says something. What, what did Bert say in her ear, Matt? Uh, you don't really you hear, don't it, hear it, but I know. But what do you think oh, he, he said? The react- well, I know what he said. What did he why say? Else, why don't we go to the back room? Mm-hmm. That's what oh. I'm thinking. How about you and I go upstairs and you show me what kind of a lady you are? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I think it was a lot dirtier than that. But anyway, he says, <laughs> I have an unlady. Uh, let me show you how I handle my cue. <laughs> 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 Rub some chalk on it, girl. And Rub then, some chalk on it. It's more like, do you spit or swallow? Well, he probably added something else, like a gutter trash like you, but probably knows how to suck a dick. That was the only time I was like, yay, there's some hope in this movie. She throws it in his face, and then she starts crying like, what the fuck? No, you gotta be the strong woman here. Yeah, she throws a drink in his face, and then then the party all looks around, and he's in the burst. Yeah, and Bert's like, she's had too much to drink, you know, because... So and she, then Paul Newman like just brushes it off like NBD. Yeah. yeah. She goes and falls asleep in the coat room, and uh, the girl's like, "Bitch, <laughs> get you, off my fur!" Okay. Did you see the painting in that in that uh-uh. room? Like, there's like there is this like nurse watching her, and yeah. then there's Paul Newman watching her. That was not a eat. nurse. That was the maid. That was the maid. Yeah, That's yeah. what I mean. Was <laughs> she was the drink nurse. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> You know. There was this painting, though, of, like, a woman that was, like, directly looking at her, like, girl, you done fucked up. <laughs> so, like, you can tell, like, the kind of uh, predisposition that she was put in. It's just, like, everyone was looking at her in this way of, 
disrespect and that she was there's only downward spirals. That's exactly what Bert was going for. Bert yeah, he was sober. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. obviously sober, and he's like, "Here, I'm going to make a fool of this woman." Yeah, he was just trying to crush her because he was used to winning. Yeah. And she wasn't didn't seem really seem used to winning. And where did the kitty go? Unfortunately, Bert, Bert was drunk on milk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he drank milk when he played poker, which is a good idea. That's when he brings up to no, not an excuse for losing. Though. Yeah, it did make me feel gross looking at him drink that milk. Um. So they're playing, and he's losing, and uh, Bert's like, I'm not going to give you any more fucking money. And then Sarah wakes up from the coats and stumbles downstairs. Is like, don't let them make you a perverted, dirty whore like the rest of them. And he's like, bitch, get back to your room. And then uh, George C. Scott's like, all right, I can tell. You're, you're in the zone now. You've uh, sold yourself for the game. And he's like, I'll give you a 1000 bucks a game from now. And then you kind of think... I don't know. I was thinking he was just going to lose all the money and, and crumble and then go back to Sarah. But no, he ends up whipping the, the fancy boy's pants off. Yep. And fancy boy seemed like he couldn't hold his liquor either. No, he drank yeah. him under the table. But Fast Eddie, he's not like too proud of what he did, really. Like he's just he's like, I'm kind of a disgusting person. I just need to win. He's like, I'm just going to walk home. I'm going to walk it off. So uh, Bert's like, all right, I'll tell Snatch that uh, you'll be home later. And uh, he gets there and he's like, hey, uh, Fast Eddie told you to hit the bricks. Here's some money. She's like, why don't you put it on the bed? Isn't that how it's done? And yes, like, girl. Get it. <laughs> and uh, it. he's him, like, yeah. Make him ashamed. And then uh, he goes back into his adjoining suite and she gets into her nighty and saunters on over like a little whore that she is. She is Huh? Yeah, a harlot is. is a better word. Okay. Let's use our appropriate Let's diction think, here. Though, about the... Well, Bert she did is, set her up. She is a harlot. Yeah, she was set up in that way too, and she knows that she is. Um, so it's not a well, setup. Well, Bert, Bert, it can't be a setup if you know what's going. Well, no, on. Bert, Bert made her think that like fast. Eddie wanted to come back and I think apologize or what. He realized what he did, but Bert, Bert said like Eddie doesn't want you here anymore, which wasn't true. Uh, she was such a victim of circumstance. Like I really did feel bad for her, but mm-hmm. in the end, wasn't there? a... Would you have slept with Bert? Was it? Well, <laughs> George C. Scott. I mean, for real. <laughs> but, but no, I'm saying like you know, um, I was thinking about this while she was doing it. Like, was she for doing the character? Uh, was that's, she, yeah, that's was fine she to hit this, this baby for Paul Newman, and then she would just like decide to, Kate. you know. You're you're asking if you would sleep with a character, right? All I can think of is you're at the t- Kentucky Derby. You have everything right at your whim. It's like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey in the fifties, right? Uh, well, for her God, though, I'm not going there uh-huh. again. Oh, no, but I but I think I, just like to I think her. for her the reason one of the reasons she slept with Bert is that she was so hurt by feeling betrayed by by Eddie that that was the only way that maybe she could get back at him. No, I don't know. I think she. I think it was like her one last act of selflessness because she knew she was done. Like the minute so the minute she said Put I don't the money on the bed, mm-hmm. I knew she was gonna die. <laughs> like I, I swear to God, either she was gonna disappear or she was gonna die. She was so done by that point. So what was the purpose in fucking Bert? Yeah. She just wanted to further someone else before she because oh, no, no, no. she said I love you. She said no. I love you to this guy. She's like, well, 
Yeah, and what you do is true. called revenge. And yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck this so dude and then revenge. off myself. No, 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 no. I think and Bert was was definitely uh, I didn't really selfless? get it in this movie, but Bert was definitely um, at least in, in his experience in Alpha because. Before he does, like when the scene goes on, he goes up and he grabs her and he kisses her, and he just kind of throws her on the bed. Since when do guys kiss girls when they just want to fuck? Like, come on. Well, I don't think he just wanted to fuck. Uh, I think he was. I think he was asserting. I think you can't kiss. I think he was asserting his dominance, saying, "I can take what I want and I can do what I want. If you want to be with a winner, this is what a winner tastes like." (laughs) And she's like, "I'll do it." Yeah, she's like, "I've done worse." Yeah, <laughs> you're better than most of the guys that hang out at the bus station. Yeah, right. It tastes like overripe semen. Is what it tastes like. Oh. George C. Scott tastes like overripe semen. I ain't saying. I'm just saying. What does overripe speaking, semen taste are like? Are you speaking from experience or what? Like semen left out in the sun. She's like, hmm. oh. I read Wikipedia. Does Wikipedia have a page on overripe semen? Just check. I swear to God. Or George Wikipedia or- is not a source of reference. <laughs> At all. Or George C. It Scott's breath. It is now. Breath. It's an, an, an no. Is it an no, my resource? English teacher would not allow it. I think not I'm going to write a punk it. song called George C. Scott's Breath, Parentheses, uh, Overripe Semen. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> buy Overripe Semen? I'd buy that for 99 cents on iTunes. All right. That's on. So, <laughs> so of course, Sarah, uh, she, she jumps all over George C. Scott. Probably doesn't take that long. Well, it depends how long the walk is. Anyway. Six minutes. She. Uh, it was a long walk home. Yeah, it could have been That's a long walk home. That's what he said. Yes. Yeah. So, so so it might have been a while. So Six she, minutes. She writes, on the, uh, <laughs> she writes on the mirror, uh, crippled, broken, per- I don't know what she writes. Perverted. Perverted. Twisted. Twisted. twisted crippled. crippled. The crippled was the one that got me because I was like, I get perverted and twisted but crippled was like crippled oh. emotionally. well because well, she's got the, because she's got he, the polio. Well, she's got, yeah well, well that was like the one that was like Ooh, this is and deep. also because bert had brought it up earlier uh ask he said are your thumbs okay and he said yeah he's like because i don't want to be betting on a cripple yep. and in front of uh sarah and 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 uh, fast eddie got all pissed off it's like hey you trying to fucking start shit here she did not portray very well somebody who has polio at all. Well, she had I don't think so. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah, that's at the why end. her dad. Well. It was horrible. I think she did not a good acting job. She might have been lying. As too. somebody. True. Yeah, yeah. She said she lies when she's yeah. drunk, mm-hmm. which is like 24 7. Yeah. Okay. So. But yet she was selfless when she fucked that dude, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm standing by that. She's like, so I'm Fast Eddie comes down. back to the hotel. He asks the bellhop or the, you know, the dorm guy for his room key. So did you guys know? That she was dead at this point. You knew something was up, right? Something was wrong. I, I didn't sure. I wasn't sure what was going on. No, me neither. But now I thought maybe they, it, he hesitated to give. Mm-hmm. The yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, did they leave? Did they? Did they both leave? Did the girl make a scene or something? Are they did, having sex did they right trash now? the room? Yeah, I was thinking something. I didn't think she was mm-hmm. dead, and no. so. Well, how could you hear sex from like that? I don't know. <laughs> it's an like, old building. Who knows? <laughs> that old bellhop. The was the <laughs> they the took it to a whole nother level. <laughs> brought it down to the piano. So, so fast, it, <laughs> fast Eddie goes upstairs, sees that Sarah's dead. Um, pretty much wants to beat the shit out of Bert there, and then. Uh, and then, kind of, what happens after that? I he can't. blames it all on her too. He's like, she came. She was oh, Bert drunk. does. She came into my room. Oops, sorry. I'm in trouble with you guys on the mic. I just want to kill that guy. Bert? Fucking Bert. 
You just wanted to have sex with George C. Scott. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean I want to kill him. <laughs> See, she has a power over her too. I'm a I'm a type A. <laughs> Type Speaking a. of which, I have to pee. Type A diabetes. <laughs> no, hepatitis. <laughs> hepatitis A diabetes. That's like Russian roulette. Which one are you going to get? Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> well, I was thinking of a game show <laughs> where... <laughs> I don't know. It's like a you stick your dick through a lawyer hole the- and then you splint you spin a, a wheel <laughs> and then but you're like you're clamp you're clamped in there and then you could get like uh you like know uh guillotine? A, well yeah that would be like the double zero, but you could get uh you know uh, a blowjob from an A list actress, you could get licked by a dog, you could get gravy uh smothered on it, you could uh, walk home with a million dollars. Or get the um Crabs? So, I don't know. <laughs> like, so if there the subject slightly, have you guys seen Hot Tub Time Machine too? No. Okay, you gotta go see it. I want to see there's it. A, there's a game show called Choosy Doozy. That's oh. <laughs> the great scene. Have you seen that? No. Oh man, it's similar to what he's talking about. So you see Hot Tub Time Machine too. So if there was a one in twenty, and you didn't want to see it. So if there was a one in twenty chance that uh, your dick would get chopped off, but there was also a one in twenty chance that you would get a million dollars. Would you spin the wheel? The entire thing or just the tip? Uh, <laughs> everything that fits he's, through the glory he's hole. He's negotiating this shit. He's like, well. Clamped in. At least half. The final scene, he um, he comes back into the pool hall. The Hames. Bust out hall, with a quickness. To face Minnesota Flats. So he comes back and he... And he, and he, <laughs> he it's, a, it's a country. So he comes back and he destroys Minnesota Fats, and it's shown that he's grown character. He's not drinking. He's not showboating. He's not. Um, well, yeah, I mean, showboats a little bit on some of the shots that he takes, but as far as like the verbal stuff, um, he's just there to play and to like kind of catch his white whale finally. And Minnesota Fats says the words that Fast Eddie wants to hear. Game's over. Then there's the final showdown. Or Bert, this is like the fight between is He's is trying to throw his weight. Here's the here's the battle to see if Fast, Fast Eddie has finally gained enough character to uh, be a whole person and stand up. And do they, Bert, do they do shots of milk and then hold hands and? No, but Bert says, uh, "Where's my part of the money?" And Fast Eddie's like, Are "You fucking kidding me? What did you What did you do?" For this, he's like, oh, just thirty percent. He's like, "Are you gonna manage me from now on?" He's like, "Yeah, we'll go on the road. We'll get lots of money." And he's like, uh, "Fast Eddie." At this point, he's he's decided what he wants and what he needs, and winning's winning. And he's he's got his goal, and it's not about the money. And he's like, "No, I'm just taking my money and leave." And Bert says, uh, "Well, they're gonna break more than your thumbs this time." That's what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And then Fast Eddie says, "Well, they better fucking destroy me because if they leave any part of me left, I'm coming back and killing you." And he has another speech about Sarah and about mm-hmm. how they both of them together destroyed her and killed her. And pretty good speech. And, um, and Bert, then he loved her. And then, yeah. That was perfect. I was like, all right. And then Bert's like, well, I did kill a girl. <laughs> I guess you can leave. But then he says, he says, but never walk into a pole hall again. Yep. And Fast Eddie's like, well. I'll wait till Tom Cruise shows up. Well, he, he, says, he says to Minnesota Fats, good game or something, or you played really well. Mm-hmm. 
And that's like a final goodbye to Minnesota Fats. Yeah, yeah I wonder. Like, yeah, you played a good game. Too. I wonder how um, hooked in Minnesota Fats was into kind of these thugs too, because Minnesota Fats does say you better pay them. Yeah. And um, well, I think like he, I feel like he's like. You know, kind of trapped with this too. guy before. Well, oh, he yeah, definitely he did because he went and got him earlier. Right, right. Like, he handed him the money after he won too. Or like he, they're like pay. secret partners of some sort. Because because that guy backed him when he was down. Minnesota mm-hmm. Fats had to pay when Minnesota Fats was down. I wonder if this is like so a this entire movie. Well, it, it's was, a it's a gambling community. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. If Minnesota Fats mm-hmm. was like, all right, this guy thinks he's like the big time, and he is actually really good, but I'm going to send this guy with him to totally break him down so I remain the best player in the country. Well, I kinda... Oh, the original guy? And then when he was like, F you. And then found somebody else. No, I don't think you guys are talking about either. So no, the first uh, booking, first manager, the first manager. Yeah, had nothing to do with it. Maybe that was it. Charlie went off on his own. I still like the conspiracy theory. I mean, Jackie Gleason sent George C. Scott along with. No, he needed. He needed Bert. Well, Bert was. I still, I still get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Bert was really good at one thing, <laughs> which they kept saying again and again. He was very good at reading character. He was really good. He could read winners and losers, and he and even Sarah asked him like, "How do you know all of this about?" Even um, like he he said that Bert or he said that Fast Eddie was a born loser, and that really bothered Eddie, and he kind of thought it was true. And Sarah said, "How do you know this much about him?" So this Burt guy, part of the reason he was a good gambler and everything is because he could read people. I think that's why Minnesota Fats, when Fast Eddie showed up, he said, go get Burt. I need to like get a read on this kid. And then when they're playing, you notice there's a part in that first match um, when they're kind of going back and forth, and but Minnesota Fats is losing. He kind of looks at Burt, and Burt says he's a loser. Yeah. And then Minnesota Fat says, okay, I just need to keep working him. Like, I need more time with him, and I'll, and I'll take when, him out. That's when yeah. he was up 18,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's like... Everybody's cheering for him, and all of a sudden, so he, Bert's what? Like, he's he was a born somebody loser. that was on fat side. Yeah, and he knew that moment. He's like, "Can you move? You're making me uncomfortable." Yeah, and it was like an inch. He's like, "Oh, you know this guy's gonna be staying for a while." I like that scene too. He's like, "You've been in that 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 same spot for hours." He just moves over a little bit slightly. <laughs> and then Jackie Gleason looks at him, and then looks at Paul Newman. And is like. <laughs> So people said that Paul Newman won an Oscar for Color of Money to make up for not winning um, for this film. I haven't seen Color of Money in a long time. We were just watching the documentary on Roger Ebert, and Roger Ebert uh, hated Color of Money. But mm-hmm. Did I he like The Hustler? I, I don't know. He just said that Color of Money was like a piece of shit, basically. I bet he said that. I didn't think it was that great either. Hmm? I didn't like it that much. Either. Color of Money? I saw it when I was young. So I can't, I can't a, remember it. I didn't like it either. That was a, a difficult documentary to get through. Roger Ebert? Yeah, it was, it's on Netflix too. You guys can watch it. I'm totally watching it. Anyway. because his jaw is completely gone, but, uh, so you can yeah. see through. Uh, no. It's like this. Okay. That's not very, that's not very audio. <laughs> no thanks. So he's missing his lower jaw, and you can hole. stick a finger through his hole. <laughs> but that, that's what she but said. it's inspiring. Yeah. It's very yeah. These two just keep jumping time. onto like random topics. <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> yeehaw, Nate. <It's> cool. <laughs> it's not random. You're just not following our intellect. So they're talking about exactly. Roger Ebert. Who, uh, actually, I was the one that brought it up, so I'm the one going under <laughs> random topics. My fault. My animal sound is. Punch that baby. A giraffe? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, a really? it's the same one. Can you do another one? 
Are you going to have two drinks? Take after your hero, Sarah. Uh, that's that's fine to hit this baby. Okay, so then what's the name of that other guy that I was thinking about that I thought was Scott? Uh, Tom, Tom Cruise. No. In the hustler. nobody knows who you're talking. Is it about. is it the guy that does the fingertip handshake? I don't think so. No, he's he's the one that um, talks to Paul Newman when he first gets in there. He's like, oh, he'll be here. Oh, he, that's just a random pool player. <laughs> no, but he's yeah. been in, like, a shit ton of stuff. And yeah, I have no idea. Like, no, I, I don't know. You guys just don't get it. <laughs> you don't know. He was in so. shit ton of stuff. That's ex- see? It's so not heathen. just me. Look up it's his girls. IMDB, and then you'd be like, oh, Emily was right. So, Heathen, if you're going to hustle someone at something, what, what would be your best bet at hustling someone? <laughs> I will not disclose that information. Thank you. Good answer. Next question. Your secrets. Yep. I'm not going to tell you. I'm really good at act. Uh, making people believe that I'm stupid. There you go. So it's like some sort of trivia then you're saying? I don't think you're stupid. Well, people that you don't know. He's not going to hustle right. people he knows. Hustling is <laughs> usually people you don't know. It's generally how it works. What about beer? No. How do you hustle beer? Like... What, like beer trivia or something like that. Yeah. You know, just it's basically a knowledge thing. Mm-hmm. My I can quote the um, Patriot Act. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I just thought it was funny when you're like, oh, it's the Patriot Act. <laughs> That's fine to hit this baby. So, hoo-ha, or no, you won, you won the you won the, you won won the game. So can you rank, can you go into the ranks and rank those five dressings? The five. Fifth to first place as far as dressings go. Yeah, speaking of the mic, I've got you turned um, up again. Caesar is gross, so that's fifth. All right. Sesame ginger would be fourth place as far as dressings go. Italian would be third. French is second. Nope. Ranch is second. French is better than ranch. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. What? Yep. Unbelievable. Or believable. Believable. So, so what was the number one dressing? French. French is the number one dressing. That's French. Only because Thousand Island isn't on the list. Thousand? Okay. Uh, that's also pro- pro- possibly because uh, Newman doesn't make a Thousand Island dressing. Mm. Those are all Newman recipes really? right there. Newman's own. Does anybody else uh, think maybe. that... Um, Cool Hand Luke is Paul Newman's best movie ever. I've uh, no, I've no. heard. Uh, well, George C. Scott said that uh, he wasn't impressed with Paul Newman in this movie, but he thought his performance in HUD was amazing. And I've never seen HUD. I don't know what HUD is. Housing and Urban Development. <laughs> <laughs> I think he plays a cowboy or something. It's well, it's a classic movie. Also, but I've never seen it. Like I said, uh, Paul Newman is a very handsome older gentleman. And to see him uh, in the earlier films, he's and really he was handsome. Kind of a badass. His his racing mm-hmm. team was pretty successful. He raced a lot himself. Yeah. Um, his dressings were fantastic. Moo, gay, ca- gay cow would do him. Sundance <laughs> Kid. What was the first part of that movie with Robert Redford? What's that one? Bridges of Madison County. No. <laughs> 
Let's try it again. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yes, I thought of Sundance Kid, but I couldn't think of the first one. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I loved that. Yeah, Butch Sundance, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen Bridges of Madison County either. Did you see Bridge Over the River Kauai? Did you see any bridge movies? Come on now. Fried green tomatoes? Gross. Bridge to Terabithia or what? <laughs> He's all gross. He's all gross. Sadly, I've seen that. <laughs> it's a very sad movie. Last call. Looking at the world from the bottom of a I never even got to get to my sipping beer. Last call. So I want to remind everyone where we're at. With our uh, sports tournament, what has happened this week with our movies? I'm bringing that up right now. In the meantime, Heathen, any last words? Any shot at the secret word? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, three ball. No. Any other last words? I don't think I've ever been this tipsy before. <laughs> That's I mean, not true. During a podcast, she's lying. No, nope, she's lying during again. A podcast. You're lying again. I am not. Hua, any last words really? for this week? Okay. <laughs> mm, am I fishing for the secret word of the day? You can also do that as well. It has something to do with Newman's own. Uh, Newman's own. Pasta. Creamy Pool cue. French dressing. Grocery store. Any other last words? <laughs> no. Overpriced. Beer maker Maddie. Newman's own money. Charity. <laughs> uh, I'll be bottling my my newest brew pretty soon here nice what are you making this this time it's my imperial stout (gasps) it's called a bitch better have my money like like (laughs) star wars imperial stout what are you talking about no no that's a bear it's a bear thing but you could name it it's it's got green tea in it so i don't know oh that's cool So this last week with the movie matchups, uh, the replacements uh, beat any given Sunday. Thanks to the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. They really came through on that one because the other site voted for any given Sunday. Uh, Bad News Bears stumped at the natural. Foxcatcher took out the legend of Bagger Vance. Cool Runnings took the medal against Cutting Edge. Go Cool Runnings. This week we have Bull Durham versus Moneyball, Sea Biscuit versus Dodgeball, Brian Song versus The Blind Side, and The Fighter versus Raging Bull. Another interesting matchup because the movie group is voting for The Fighter and the other site is voting for Raging Bull, rightfully so. They seem to actually pick the right movies. But, um,. There's no right or wrong movies. There is yeah, no right or wrong movies. Yeah, what do you mean by right movie? I feel like this is like 2000 Florida I would, recount election. I would like to ask everyone, um, out of all the uses for dressing, what is like the most common use? <laughs> On your salad? salad? The secret word is salad. The secret See, word is dick. salad. I don't know which of them said it first, but no one ever said salad. They just kept coming after me. And <laughs> well, I just kept thinking of Thousand dressing. Island at In and Out. So, dressing, dressing uh, should have been the this word. Will be yeah. Newman's own toss salad. Uh, pocket pool. <laughs> this will yeah. be our last podcast. I already said that. This will be our last podcast for a couple <laughs> weeks. Um, sorry that it ended so dismally, but at least it started out strong. Don't forget to look for pictures from this episode on potablepictureshow.com. Uh, email us at potablepictureshow at gmail.com. Don't forget 
if you want to vote in the movie matchups to go to our Facebook page, go to Facebook and search for Sierra Nevada Movie Club. <laughs> and as always, until next time, keep it wet, everybody. Let's go. Ho! Uh-huh. Ho! You are not ho. ready. Unstoppable dynasty. Young ho. I'm a hustler, baby. Ho. Hustler. I just uh-huh. want you to know. Ho. I'm let you know. It ain't where I've been. Ho. It ain't ho. where I've been. But where I'm ho. about to go. Top of the world. Young now, uh-huh. I just want to love you. I just want to love but you. But be who I am. You know you love me. Drunk on Chris, mommy on E. Can't keep a little model hands off me. Both in the club, high singing on key. And I wish I never met her at all. It gets better, ordered another round. It's about to go down. Got six model chicks, six bottles of Chris. Four velvet ass, got weed everywhere. What do you say? Me, you, and your Chloe glasses. Go somewhere private where we could discuss fashion like Prada blouse, Gucci bra. Okay, filth more jeans. Saving it for marriage. Uh-huh. Let's keep it real, ma. You saving it for carriage. Uh-huh. You wanna see how far I'ma go, how much I'ma spend, but you already know. Zip zero, stingy with the Nero. Might buy you crisp, but that about it. Might light your wrist, but that about it. Fuck it, I might wipe you and buy your nice whips. Mom, but you really gotta ride nice dick. Know how to work your hips and your hands priceless. Professional love the hove, and I never let you down. Get you bling like the Neptune sound. Okay, hot hold, too hot to hold. Ladies love me long time like two pop soul. Only way to roll, jiggering two ladies, I'm too cold. Motorola, two way page, come on. Give it to me. Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. But don't bullshit me. Come on, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. So give it to me. Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. But don't bullshit me. Mama, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. I'm a hustler, baby. Oh. I just want you to know. Oh. It ain't where I've been, oh. but where I'm about to go. Oh. Oh. Now I just want to love you, but be who I am. Oh, you love me. And with all this cash, more money, more you'll forget your yeah. man. Same song, I'm back, been around the world, bro. Manson girls that dance with girls from Club Cheetah, the Club Amnesia, the Peanuts in LA, bubbling and Dublin, can't deny me. Why would you want to? You need me. Why don't you try me? Baby, you want to? Believe me. Give it to me. Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. But don't bullshit me. Come on. Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. So give it to me. Uh-huh. Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. But don't bullshit me. Mama, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. Give it to me. Keep it wet. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that means so. It's drink. It means something it's so different for girls. No, no. <laughs> picture. No. Keep it wet. Keep your pelvis wet. No. Okay, then you're weird. No. That's the only time I've ever used the word wet. Be, be selfless. Sleep well, with someone you hate. You don't have to. Uh-huh. That should be your bonus figure. I already have three. So that's three people it should you be hate. KP. Three people. I see. Keep it wet. I already found three people I hate. I'm looking for One, more. two, three. Yeah. Oh, this is going to turn into a different kind of podcast. Okay. Can we just do vagina versus dicks? Yeah. We should totally have a podcast about that. I'm going to bring Barbara. Well, we would lose because we'd never get a chance to talk. <laughs> oh, if, no. If, if you say something... You're like, already losing. If you say something sexist. intelligent, we won't interrupt you. Hey, girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Turn it off! Turn it off!